Kings. And today we come to 2 Kings chapter 7. And the, the, the title of the message tonight is Four Strange Messengers. 2 Kings chapter 7, right there in verse 1. Please pray for, um, as we get to do our title right here, just uh, um, Tri-State Baptist Church in uh, Thompson, Connecticut. The pastor had resigned. So um, pray for them. They're, they're looking for a new pastor. Um, that's a church that started out of Greater Rhode Island Baptist Temple. Um, they're a little concerned, and they contacted me and uh, uh, when I was in Florida. Just pray for that church. Pray that the Lord will provide them a pastor, okay? Um, uh, we'll talk more about that on, um, in our time of prayer. All right, so uh, let's, look at, let's look at verse 1. Then, uh, verse one. then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus said, thus said the Lord, to, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a, she a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord of whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make, make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. And there were four lepers, man, uh, man that enter, entering into an uh, in, end of the, of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? And uh, if we say we will enter into the city, I'm sorry, did I jump? Okay, no, verse 4, okay. Uh, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, here we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the hands of the, the Syrians, and they save us alive, and we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall, we shall but die. And they rose in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the othermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made a host of the Syrians to hear noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore uh, they arose and fled in the, in the twilight and, let their, and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp, and, and as it was, and fled for their life. And when they, the, these lepers came to the othermost part of the camp, they went into the one tent. They did eat and drink and carry then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid and came again and entered another tent and carried thence also and went and hid, hid it. And they said one to another, Well, do now, uh, we do not do well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace if we tarry, tarry till the morning, the morning light some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. 
So they came and, and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the, of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of men, but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they, uh, as they were. And, they, and he called the porters, uh, and he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. What a wonderful passage of Scripture. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, it's amazing how you take care of your people, and sometimes you use the most odd things, odd ways, on which you provide for those who love you, Lord. And we see here the same thing. When there's a lot of famine going on inside those city walls, you use four outcast lepers, Lord, to bring good tidings to a people that was starving. Lord, may we understand, Lord, here tonight, those of us here, those, those who are online tonight, that you are the God who provides. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, let me tell you this. The God that provides for these people here is the same God that provides for us. Amen. He's the God who provides. God provides. Right. And He does it over and over again. And sometimes... His provision comes in very odd ways on which we don't understand, but He does provide. What a wonderful passage of Scripture right here. Every time I read, I read my Bible, folks, or hear the testimony of God's people, and even, my own, uh, and even in my own life, it amazes me how God takes care of His children. And many times He does it, like, like I said, in strange ways. This passage is no exception right here. This passage is set again the backdrop of a desperate situation. The city of Samaria is surrounded by the Syrian army. The people within the walls of the city were literally starving to death. Notice the condition of that day. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 25 to 29, let me read this to you. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they beseech it. Until an ass head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the four parts of a cab of doves dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, they cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, hence shall I help thee. Out of the of the barn floor and out of the vine press, no, out of the vine press. I'm sorry. And the king said unto her. What healed thee? And she said, This woman said unto me, Give me thy son, that we may eat him today, and we, and we will eat my son tomorrow. And so he boiled my son, and eat, and eat him. And he, said, and he said unto her on the next day, Give me thy son, that we may eat him. And he had hit her son. You see how desperate is the situation right here? Then you have parents literally Cooking their children alive, or alive, maybe they kill them, I don't know, but cooking their children to survive. I mean, I talked about this the last time we met together, right? And I talk about it in a friend way, but you're talking about pure starvation here. And I mean, I don't think I would do that. I don't really think, I, I don't think most of us would look at this and go, this is crazy. How kids, you know, how could you do that? I mean, parents in the other way would say, I would die first before. But the, the, right here, this soap. Hear what I'm saying right here, okay? They're so far from God. They they adopt the pagan ways of that time. You know, there there was many gods, and they would go and and would offer their children to those gods to be burned alive. You know, see how desensitized their minds were. 
And you see, you hear that right now. He, you see, oh, it's no difference. We know what they're doing now. They're trying to survive, and they don't have. They're so far removed from 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 God that they're willing even to cook their own children. It is a gross sin even to think about it, but that's what they're doing. So you see, there is a, a total desperation there. And let me tell you this: there was all evil kings in the in the in uh, Israel. They were not good kings. Those kings were leading the children of Israel away from God. And so it was God's mercy right here that he uses these people to go and actually use that odd situation to feed the people in the city. God could have said, you know what, because of what you're doing to me, I'm just going to let it go. But you know what, God's the God of mercy and compassion. And you know what, we don't understand the love of God. We really don't. We think we do, but we don't. Imagine, you know, we love people, we love children, we love, you know, we express our love. But let me tell you this. God's love is deeper than that. You know, listen, some people are not very lovable. You agree with that? I mean, it's the truth. You know, some human beings are not very and we try to love them, but they're not very lovable. Imagine all of us who are not very lovable and God loves us, loved us anyway. Can you imagine that? When we were against him, he loved us. So, you know how many wicked people is in this world? God loves them. How can that be possible? Because we don't understand the love of God. So this passage is much to say, okay? Uh, Then go back in here a little bit. Then one day, a message of hope, of course, and I'm going after this verse right here, came from an almost unlikely source right here. Four strange messengers brought a strange message to the city gate that changed everything for those trapped people in pure starvation there. This message was a message of life and hope, yet it was a message that was almost never told. Let's look at the, into the details of this message and the man who carried it and think for a few minutes on the subject, four strange messengers. This passage is much to say to you and me about the, the, uh, this evening. You see, we also have a message of hope and life that needs to be shared with the world that is trapped in sin and darkness. You know, you know one thing we see, I mean, I maybe I need to get that way because the Lord touched my heart. You know one thing you see a lot down south? A lot of people talk about the Lord just like, don't matter where they are. I mean, I didn't pay attention much how we were in Atlanta and no, and we're not in Atlanta. We were in P- Pensacola. And this man sat in the same row because we were sitting, sat on the, in the other side of the room, the opposite side of the room. And he's sitting down. He was quiet doing his thing. And this guy sat next to him. I honestly thought they were friends. <laughs> I, I mean, they start talking about work and stuff. I didn't pay much attention because I was uh, working on a message. But I thought they, they like, I thought they were coworkers. And later my wife said, no, they, were, they don't know each other. They were talking, he was talking about Jesus to him and all that. And I was like, maybe I should put the thing away and pay more attention to people. You know, maybe I should do that. But it was, you know, you, maybe you should do that. You should do that. We have a message to tell the world. People need Jesus. Folks, let me tell you this way. We think that everybody's doing okay. You follow that? We really think that, if you, oh, everybody's doing okay. Everybody smile, everybody's doing okay. You know what? There's a lot of problems in our world. There's a lot of problems in our world. 
You know, I go back to work yesterday. You know what I got? Oh, I'm glad you're back. Oh, I'm glad you're back. Huh. I'm not your pastor. <laughs> but you know what? You, you, you think, we think that everybody's doing it. No. Not true. So we have a message of hope. My prayer is that we will see that the days uh, 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 of sitting silently while the world perishes forever, may we be able to say, you know what, I have a message to tell. I pray that we will see that we need to share the message we have been given to us. And you know what, let me put it this way. Some of you grew up in Christian homes, right? Who did grow up in a Christian home here? Okay, I see some people. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. But you know what? We were given, even if you got saved a little or as a small child or a grown-up, we have, we have been given a wonderful message. And the message that changed our lives. It changed my life. So let's look at this tonight from several points, all right, about this four strange messengers. Number one, we see the great delight. The great delight. Look at verse 8. And when these leopards came to the othermost part of the camp, they went into the tent and did eat and drink um, and carry silver and gold and raiment and went and hid and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. The context here, here are four leopards who are starving to death, okay? They wisely reason that it is better to go into the camp of the Assyrians and die by the sword, that is, to, to, than to sit down and starve and die anywhere. You carry that? All right, these guys are outcasts because they have a contagious disease. They're outside the walls. You know what? Nobody cares about them. Even loved ones that love them don't want to get close to them. So they're out there. They can't care for themselves because they have a decaying disease. They're dying of starvation. And they said, you know what? Listen. We can't get in the city walls because they're starving. We're dying over here. Let's just go die. They will kill us. We're going to die anywhere. That's a lot of courage. You know, it's courageous. You know, I don't care how sick we are. We don't want to die. <laughs> but you know what? They go and say, you know what? Either way, we're going to die. Might as well just go in. And one thing, you know, God is going to use these four. It had no clue, but God was going to use them. You see, they were literally rescued from a certain death right here. Because what happened here? They were overjoyed with the good fortune that began, and they began to live it up. No, note right here. These men are a picture of the redeemed sinner. I'm just comparing this, okay? I'm not saying that. I just want to make sure I'm staying within context of what I, or the passages. Those who have been brought out of death into life. Where were we before we got saved? We were dead in what? In trespasses and sins. We were made alive. Ain't God wonderful? Who led you to the Lord? Me was a common guy, you know. Had a Bible on his arm. I walk up the walkway in the church, and he opens his Bible and pointed to me. And you know, you want to receive Jesus as you say, but yes, I want. <laughs> you know, it is a blessing. So notice what they enjoy in the, in the, as they, they they went into the tent of the Assyrians here. Letter A, they delight in the refreshment. Look at verse eight. And they went into one tent and did eat and drink. These men were starving, but, but when nightfall came, they had more than they could ever eat 
in a many lifetimes. They were in disbelief that this was even possible. Can you imagine? We go into the camp. We might die because these guys, you know, these are serious. They're men of war. They're brutal people. They're going to kill. But anyway, if we die, we're dead because we're going to stay here and die too. Feeling sorry for ourselves. But they went there and to their surprise, nobody there. Ain't God good? God is good. They were in disbelief. Note this. Those who know Jesus can feast on spiritual food and can drink from fountains of living water. You know, Jesus said, if you drink from this water, you will never thirst again. He was talking about spiritual thirst. And I tell you what, it is a blessing when we are have thirst for the word of God. It's wonderful because it satisfies the soul and the mind. Look what it says in Job chapter 23 verse 12. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy word were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. What a great passage. Let it be. They delight in their refreshment. Let it be. They delight in their riches. Look in verse 8 again. And when these lepers came to the othermost part of the camp, carried then silver and gold. These four men were dirt poor. Their survival of the garbage others threw away. They were outcasts. They had absolutely nothing. They had nothing. The situation was made worse by the famine within the city. No one threw anything away because everybody's trying to eat something. Now they were healthy. Oh, wealthy, I'm sorry. They had gone. They had more gold and silver that they could possibly spend because they were dying men. Anyway. <laughs> Note. Those who know Jesus will enjoy spiritual blessings beyond imagination of those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. We can say, I'm rich. You say, well, right, you're not rich. You just work for a living. No, no, I am spiritually rich. God is my king, my Lord, my redeemer, my savior. And you know what? And I know when I depart from this world, I'm going to be with him for all eternity. I am spiritually rich. What a wonderful thing. You know, the many people in this world are spiritually poor. They are like the dead, dead in trespasses and sins. You know, like, it's not like, folks, not like we're better than them. We're not better than them. This is where we are positionally as Christians. So, look what it says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what it says. Who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And look what it says. In Christ. The common things in the Christian life, things enjoyed by everyone who knows the Lord, that we take for granted, are far more precious than silver and gold. You may be thinking, where are they, Pastor? Okay, let me give you some. We enjoy the present, His presence in our lives every day. Do you commute with God every day? You know, that's a blessing. 
I can tell you this because before I met Jesus as my personal Savior, I never looked for Him. I didn't look for Him. It was get up, get ready, go do what I have to do. Uh, it was not on my mind. But you wake up in the morning, you guess what's in your mind first thing? God. And you pray. Ask Him, Lord, thank you for the night of rest you give me, for keeping me safe. Thank you for they give me another day. Can you begin to talk to the Lord? Amen. You know? What about... Just giving you promise to the Lord. Lord, you know what? Goodness, this day was not a good day, Lord. Lord, this day, you just, you know what? It was one problem after another. Lord, I felt like I was all alone. I know you were. You know, do you ever talk with the Lord that way? You know what? That's the, His presence in our lives. And Lord, I heard all day today. You know, I take medication and still hurt. Lord, you know, you know what I'm going through. You know, I have those conversations. I have. Not only do we, we enjoy His presence, but we benefit from His provision. Listen, folks. Let me put it this way. Our God provides. Oh, pastor. He doesn't provide. Our God provides. That's His promise. It might not be roast beef the way we want. It might be French fries, or old rice, or whatever, but God provides. He does provide. You know, and when we, like, these people were not praying. They were trying to survive in their own means. But you know what? I think God listens to us in the, in the, the needs of our heart. And we say, Lord, Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. And He gives to us, he, give, he gives those gifts to us, let me tell you this way, according to His will. Because I think it's silly if you go ask God for two or $3,000. Okay? So, we will enjoy His provision. We are witness of His power. We are witness of His power. Is God powerful or are not? Is our God powerful or God is not? Is He weak? Is He unaware of what we are? He's unaware of what's going on in our world? No, God knows what's going on. He controls everything. Right. You tell me which man is holding the earth. Tell me. Which man is making the sun come up and come down? You know, by the way, you know, when we think it's cloudy down here, there's always sunny skies above the clouds. Right. Take a plane and go up. You know, and the higher you go, the world is always round. <laughs> you got to look at that. I mean, you got to fly. You go up and up 27,000 feet, and guess what? Still round. <laughs> and if you get to the, to the, uh, the, the earth atmosphere, you probably see a big ball. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we are witness of his power. We are recipients of his many blessings. You know what? Just the fact that you are here today, it's a blessing. Amen. Just the fact that you came to church is another blessing. See, we don't take those blessings, but they are blessings. I mean, you know what? Blessings after blessings. You know, people that don't come to church is missing a blessing. People that don't read their Bible, they miss a blessing. I am not, I'm not kidding you. 
Spending time with the Lord, reading His Word, memorizing His Word. Oh, I don't have time. Listen, we make time. That's it. So, let us see. So, for letter A is the delight in this, the refreshment. The, letter B, the delight in, 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 the, in the riches. Letter C, the delight in the raiment. Look what it says in verse 8 again. And when these lepers came to the othermost part of the camp, they went into the tent and they'd eat and drink and carry them silver and gold and raiment. They dressed like the Syrians. <laughs> so, in the morning, they were dressed in rags. Then, and when evening came, they were dressed in the finest robes of the Assyrian, Assyrian army. They had never been as well dressed as they were that evening. Even when they were dressing up, they were like, wow, don't you look good? Oh, don't you look good? <laughs> Note that those who have come to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, let me tell you this, also have have tra- treated their rags for righteousness. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. But we all as unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquity like the wind have taken us away. You know what? Before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we were dressed in rags. Talking about spiritually, okay? Don't misunderstand me here. And we took the righteousness of Jesus Christ upon us. Isn't that great? And when God the Father looks at you and me, He sees the righteousness of Jesus in us. Because we say like, well, good night. I'm nothing but a, 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 a dirty sinner. And God says, you are my child and you have the righteousness of my son in you. I love you. Wow. It's hard for us to understand. Can you imagine if the only thing we see, or we look at each other is Jesus? <laughs> that would be great, huh? <laughs> oh. So the delight in his, in his raiments. Look, so number one, that's point number one, the great delight. Number two, the great dilemma. Verse 8 and verse 9. We see a great dilemma here. And when these lepers came uh, to the other most part of the camp, and they went into the one tent. Let's go verse 9. And they said one to another, Well, do we do now well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So these four men had a wonderful time of great pleasure, eating and drinking and laughing. They probably even forgot that they were very sick, that they were dying. But like everything else, reality began to sink in in their minds. You know, folks, listen. Reality is a hard thing, but reality is reality, right? And when, you know, they had a wonderful time. They probably forgot they were sick. You know, they were like, this is great. Food everywhere. Raymond's gold, you know, all kinds of stuff. And they're going back and forth. They're having a good old time. Then when they sat down, when their bellies are full, their clothes and everything, they're like, uh, folks, you know what? There's something wrong here. People on the other side are dying. You know what? They need help. Isn't that good when we see that? You know, sometimes we, you know, listen, we need to remember this, okay? When life is good and we are comfortable and we have everything we want, it's easy to forget that others are in need. It's easy to forget the other people I need. You know what? These four men, in the condition that they were, they could have said, 
You know what? They don't even throw their garbage over the wall for us to eat. I don't care about them. No. You see? They went there. Letter A, we see their realization. We see this in verse 9. And they said one to another. Here's the words. They talked one to another. They began to communicate with one another. These men were so caught up in the excitement over their newfound blessing that they, they did forgot about all the others within the city. But when reality sinked in, they began to change their minds. They realized that they had been worse uh, off than anybody else and, they, and they now they, they needed to change their actions. And they realized that they were hoarding for themselves but somebody else was in need. This statement, this statement right here, we do now well. Now, verse 9 sums it pretty good right here. Note this. We who are saved need to remember that the blessings of the Lord we enjoy were not only given to us to merely make us happy. God has blessed us that we might share those blessings with those around us who need Him too. You receive Jesus as your Savior? you online watching, you received Jesus as your Savior, you know what? You received a wonderful piece of good news. You know what? God wants you to go what you receive to go share with somebody else. You don't keep it to yourself. I'm not telling anybody about Jesus. Nobody wants to hear. That's selfishness. He's given to us, we share with others. Is given to us, we share with others. Every opportunity the Lord gives us, we share with others. Look what it says. Matthew 5.16 Let your light so shine before men that they may see good, your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not everyone has what we have and we need to realize that when we hoard up that which the Lord has blessed us with, we do not well. It's not we don't do well when we don't tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's simple. We are given a wonderful message. We, had a, we have a wonderful treasure. And God says, what you have that I've given you, go give others. Those men were feasting. When, when they got it, when they realized, when reality began to sink in, they said, the people on the other side of the wall are starving to death. They need food. Folks, let me tell you this. You know what? Our world is spiritually starving to death. And believe me, oh, nobody wants to hear. That is baloney. That is not true. That is an excuse that many people use. You know what? I heard. You heard. And others will hear. Will hear. And what we do, listen, we don't save people. We tell people. God does the saving. We tell people. You know, I don't listen to these, these, these num-nums out there that talk about that, you know, only the elect will get saved. You know what? Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right. That means everyone. Doesn't matter what kind of skin, what color of skin, don't matter what language you talk, don't matter where you come from, you know what? Everyone is welcome at God's table. Okay. That'll be their reasoning. Their reasoning. These men had the blessings, uh, had, I mean, th these men decided the blessings were not just for themselves only, but there was 
uh, a day of glad tidings they want to share with somebody. Others needed what they had and they wanted to share with them. Note this. I would just remind you that all around us, people who need, they, people, there are people who need the word of the Lord. Various situations in life that demonstrate this fact. What do, what, what, uh, what to God that the church of God will realize that others need to hear the message we have to tell them. They need to hear. Do you know what the message is? Yes, it is the message of salvation. And who is going to tell? Let me put it this way. If you don't tell, who will? You've been feasting. We've been feasting in the Lord's house. We've been feasting with His Word. We've been feasting with His music. We've been feasting together. We rejoice and we, we, we celebrate. We worship Him you know, in the great celebration. And we go home and say, I'm encouraged. Go tell others that what the Lord did to you. Go tell others and say, hey, this is what I received from the Lord. These men could sleep, could sleep in there, wake up, eat again, sleep, wake up, eat again, and just stay there. You know what? They saw the need. Let us see, we see uh, the decision. And they said unto another, we do now well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. They all took together, they all on accord, and they went out. Nobody said, no, I'm not going. Everybody went. They resolved to go and tell others about what they have found. They wanted someone else to be helped, and they knew they needed help. Let me tell you this. They knew what was going on there, and they knew there was help needed. You know... If you know somebody needs help, when you go and help, don't tell me you won't. If you know somebody needs, needs help, did you, would you help? You see, the men from the city didn't go to the camp and ask them for help. They were inside the city walls because they think the enemy was there and they, were, they knew they were going to die. If they opened the, 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 city, the city doors... The enemy will come in. But if they didn't open the city doors, they will all die of starvation. Eventually, they will all die. You know what? God sent provision for a people that did not deserve. You follow that? Four strange messengers. You know what? Those four men were used by God without even knowing. They know, that they, they know physically the need that was in that wall. But when they did that, they were doing the will of the Lord. That's what they were doing. God used them to feed his people. Let me put it this way. Jesus was preaching. And the apostles said, these people are here, they're all hungry. Wait, who did he use? A little boy? With his little lunch? That's a strange thing, isn't it? Tell the, you know, the disciples, hey, go get some food. You know, you can imagine you know, one of them says, Lord, you, you don't know what you're talking about here. That's a multitude, it's thousands of people. How good a little couple of fish is going to feed these people? What's in, you know, with God, all things are possible. Can you imagine every time they put their hands in the little basket, one more fish? Huh, one more fish. Oh, one more fish. 
Can you imagine that? I mean, it was really like glory to God. How in the world that happened? You know what? God provides many times in strange ways. Those are people that, these people were outside the city walls. Those people were away from society because of the disease they had. These people were dying, and God used those people to feed his people. So, what we have here, okay, we're almost done. So we see the great delight, or the great delight, the great dilemma. In Lamb 3, we see the great decision. Verse 10, then verse 11, it says, So they came and called unto the port of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Assyrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of men, but horses tied and asses tied, and the tent, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the kings, into the king's house within. So these four men had a, time, a, a great time of feast. Everything they wanted was at their disposal. They eat and drink till they could not uh, do it anymore. But eventually, they came to their own senses. Regardless of their physical condition with the disease of leprosy, they remember others who were in dying need right here. The, you know what? It could have been even those people who are healthy. could have been those people who would die before they would, they would die. The situation, think about it. Think about it. Okay. What's the situation? They tried to have the king help them. The king could not help them. They were eating each other. Can you see how uh, gross is that? Okay, what are you having for lunch? Oh, I got uh, an elbow and uh, three fingers. Uh, what are you getting for lunch? I got a little knee here. I mean, I'm just being gross in here. But can you, can you see what I'm saying right here? That was what happened. What a sad situation. Listen, these people are so far removed from God to the point that they, they felt that they needed to survive and their kids needed to die. By the way, how in the world can a mother or a father go and offer their child to a pagan god like that to burn that child alive? They did it. Folks, God's people did it. God's people did it. That's why the Lord said, so you, you read to the Old Testament, you say, when the world was wrong with the people around us? What is wrong with the people around us? You know what's wrong with the people around us? They don't love God. They don't, they don't worship God. They live their pagan ways. And when we try to embrace them, man, you know what happens? We get contaminated by them. You say, well, that was back then, folks. It still, it still happens today. Be careful who you hang around with. Be careful with the friends you make because your friends will corrupt your character. It will. They will corrupt you. You think, you know, the children of Israel just got there in the promised land and just said, all right, let's embrace the gods of, of the heathen over here. No, it's a gradual thing. They expose and expose and expose. And before you know, they talk like them, they act like them, they live like them. That's what they were doing here. How far removed from God can you be to the point that you're eating your own children? That's a gross thing. So, but the decision right here, these four men are remarkable, a remarkable decision. Let's look at this, okay? Their decision involved courage. Verse 10, so they came and called unto the port of the city. It took courage for these 
outcasts of society to approach the city gates. Remember, they had bells. You know, you know, they had bells, and they used to say, unclean, unclean, as they walked through, through the through people, through population. You know why? Because they knew they were, they were very contagious, and they knew people could catch what they had. So they were unclean people. They, were, they, they had a very bad disease, a contagious disease. So when they came to the city walls, they got a chance. You know what? Go there. They could have got killed. So they stood a chance to die, and certainly the total rejection. These four men were diseased with leprosy, like I said. They were to stay away from people. They were outcasts. They were rejected by society. They had no business approaching those who were healthy. But they did because they knew and saw the need in Israel. Note, folks, there are lots of people in a dying need who are in desperate need of help. In our world today, they need the message of salvation to cure them from the disease called sin. It's very contagious, you know. It's killing millions every day. It's a very contagious disease. You know who has the cure for that disease? The great physician, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, people think, ah, let's think about Jesus, you know, churches. I tell you what. Listen to me well if you're online. If you continually rejecting Jesus to be your personal savior, you're making the most the greatest mistake of your life. Right. You really do. Oh, what mistake? You end up dying and you will never see heaven, you will see hell. Right. Oh, that's just a story. Well, you will see that you, it will be your story will become a reality. The story that you have in your mind will become a reality. Because it's a reality. That hell really exists. You see, it takes courage to share the, the message of Jesus with a lost world. It does take, take courage. Usually they, they do not want to hear what we have to say. Others know that we, 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 used, to, we, we used to be, and they say, you, well, you did this and did this, and you want to tell me to change? Note this. I believe the message of the gospel still as new today as it was when started. I believe the gospel message still had the same power today as it did when it started. I believe the gospel message still had the power to transform people's lives. What the Lord needs is people with courage and determination and zeal to be the soldiers of the cross, willing to go and tell others where to find food. They're starving, my friends. They're literally starving. They need food. You know, we're all guilty of that. We walk in Dunkin' Donuts. We walk in Starbucks. We walk in the grocery store. We walk this. We do this and do that. And we never say nothing to anybody about Jesus. We're all guilty of this. You know, i got to live my life. I don't just go talk about Jesus all day long. Why not? i got things to do. Okay. Remember that salvation is simply one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Remember, Jesus is the bread of life. Let it be the decision involved compassion. Then in verse 10 we see their compassion. For these men to go to the city full of people who had no doubt mistreated them, despised them and ignored them and took 
It took great compassion. After all, lepers were considered dead by society. Sometimes families even had, their, had funerals for them when they were still living because they knew they were going to die anyway. After such treatment, these men might have said, let them all die. They deserve it after that what they have done to us. But the fact is, those in the city needed to hear, and these men did the right thing. Listen, we don't do unto others as they have done unto us. You follow that? We don't, treat, we don't do evil. We don't treat evil for evil. We treat evil with good. You follow that? We treat evil with good. These men could have sat down and said, yeah, they let him die. Let them die. Look at the way they treat us. We hear dying of starvation anyway. You know what? They saw the need. They talked about it. They went and told. You know what? We could just hug each other around here and say, isn't that good to be a Christian? Let's close the doors. We don't want nobody here. Lock the doors up. Just, let, just, just, let, just us. This is great. You know what? The story is too great. The message is too powerful. We got to tell others because we know they're dying condition. They're dying. They need spiritual food. See, it is true that people mistreat us. It is true that people treat us like we are irrelevant. It is true that many times people treat us like we just nothing. We second class citizens. But we should never treat others the way they treat us. We must remember that we are made in a, we they are made in the image of God and that we and and that we have no respect uh, and sorry and that we have no respect for I don't know what I wrote here. <laughs> so uh, we must remember that they are made in the image of God. Let me put it that way because I don't I have no idea what was the other stuff. So regardless of how they think or try to treat us, we must never go down to their level of thinking. Never. Jesus didn't do that, neither should we. You follow that? No matter how bad people treat us, we always turn evil with good. Is that hard to do? Go like this. Yes, it is hard to do. It's not. See, listen, the natural thing is if somebody gives you a slap, you return the slap even harder. Listen, that the natural thing is somebody spit on your face, you throw a bigger one at them. That's, that's naturally to us without with you as humans. You know, you punch me in the face, I'll knock you out. But that's not the way Jesus. Jesus said, if somebody hits you in this cheek and your face goes this way, come back and give them the other cheek. You know what that means? Don't turn evil for evil, but turn evil with good. When Jesus went to Calvary's cross, did he respond? Did he react? No. Go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. I guess this verse just sums up the whole thing. Matthew 5, 44. Look what it says. But I say unto you, that's Jesus speaking, but I say unto you, look what he says, love whom? You enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that which despise you, use you, and persecute you. You see the way God wants us to treat others? We pray for those who do us wrong. 
He said, Pastor, I would never do that. You don't know me. No. Neither you know me, but I know God. And God says that's how we do it. Note, nothing shows the compassion of the Lord Jesus more than your taking the time to go to someone and sharing with him the message of Christ's saving gospel. In spite of what they have done to you, have did to you, or the way they treat you in the past, I'll tell you what, that's the way we respond back. We pray for them. We treat them good. And they go, what in the world is these people doing? I treat you the way the Lord Jesus tells me to treat you. Love your enemies. Pray for them. May we love the Lord Jesus. In, uh, the, uh, may, may we have the love of God in our hearts to the degree that we will do whatever we have to do to those around us with a life-changing, life-saving gospel. They need to hear the gospel. Let us see. The decision involves conversation. You know what? It's my last point right here. Look what it says in verse 11. And, the, and he called the porters and, and told them it is to the king's house within. And they told it to the king's house within. When the message was heard, it was met with skepticism here at first. Then it was believed and the city was saved as a result. Because four men refused to hoard or to hoard up their blessings uh, uh, in a multitude was saved. Let me put it this way. These men sat down and talk with each other. You know what resolved things? Communication. Arguments never resolve anything. It's got to be talking. It's got to be communication. And when is communication? Decisions are made. Why do you think they all went and told to give the message? Because they owe an agreement, right? They talk with each other. He said, all right, again, guys, this is not good. We already fought. We have a lot of stuff. Let's go tell others. They all agree. You think it would be good if we here in the church would say, hey, let's go out and tell others about Jesus. And half of the church goes, oh, we can't do that. You see what happens? It would be a chaotic situation. Some would say, yeah, we go out. The other one, oh, you can't go out. Oh, let's close the doors. Can't do that. The decision involves conversation or communication. I'll close with this. When we hold our peace, is that statement true in your life? Are you holding your peace? Are you telling those trapped in sin or in darkness of a glorious way out? When I, th- when I think along these lines, my mind always goes to the New Testament uh, figure by the name of Andrew. Every time you see, we see this man in the New Testament, he's bringing someone to Jesus. You know what? We have Wednesday night service. We have Sunday morning service. We have Sunday night service. You know, there's our great opportunities to tell people, hey, come to church. They say, well, what, what are they going to say? They're going to say yes or no. That's what they're going to say. Oh, I'm not going. Oh, yeah, I'm going. Thank you for the invitation. What do you think they're going to say? You know, when they went and gave the information to these people, you know what? They're going to say, we don't believe you guys. You know, they have the choice to do that. They said they went with him, they started talking, and they believed him. And they went in and found out that was true. You know what? People can say, oh, I don't believe you, but I, I go to church to appease you. You know, they come in and they believe. But this guy, Andrew, every time we see him, 
You know, the, you know the first person he, brought, he brings to Jesus? It was Brother Peter. Then he was a young boy in John chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. Later along with Philip, he brought a group of Greeks to, to Jesus. He was a soul winner. He knew that he had that, that what he had and he wanted to share with others. Let me put it this way. I mean, I try to give an application on this thing, this thing right here, but let me put it this way. You know what? We have a wonderful spiritual food. We are feasting on our spiritual food. Are you satisfied? Are you full? Then we were satisfied and full. That's what we need to do. Let's sit down and talk about it so we can tell others where to find that spiritual food. So they can be satisfied themselves. You see, a lot of people got saved physically speaking here because four strange men went and told. Listen. Like these men, they told the truth. They believe him. They could say, we don't believe you. And the food will rotten in the camp. Follow that? Same thing. When we go tell others about spiritual food, they can say no. But we know it's true. And we keep on telling. Some will hear. Some will come. Like Richard did Sunday. Praise the Lord. Now he needs to go now. He needs to grow in the Lord. He needs to feast on the word of God so he can satisfy his spiritual appetite. Well, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for those strange messengers, Lord. They were dying people with a dying disease, but they saw the need. People were starving to death inside the city walls. Lord, how many people are dying, spiritually speaking, in the city of Providence? How many people are dying, spiritually speaking, in the city of East Providence, Lord? Lord, may we go out of our camp and go tell them about this wonderful spiritual food so they can feast as we are feasting ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.